What are some of your, because you tried to do something with a counteract the group on before with healthy food and it didn't, it didn't go well. I like to talk about failures. Uh, I've had many of my own, uh, but oh, yeah. uh, talk, to me about, nice. talk about the lessons you learned from that project and how it helped you into this new one. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, you know, where all of these uh, failures, AKA learning experiences are yeah. essential to uh, our ability to grow and be more successful. And, you know, we, we have a real approach here internally where we really encourage people to take risks and be courageous. And we believe deeply in the idea of, of failing fast and succeeding quickly. And, you know, the only way that that happens is by really taking audacious risks. Obviously we, you know, we like to back that up with research and due diligence, but we're as a culture and a business, you know, we're very focused on really making sure that people feel like they can really explore and uh, and and be courageous. Because at the end of the day, it's not, as we all know, the entrepreneurial path. Uh, you know, whether you're inside of an organization or outside of an organization as a startup, you know, you've got there's going to be all sorts of things that go well and all sorts of things that don't go well, and that's just the nature of the process. And so I think that's I think that's one thing is just you know not to be afraid of uh, it uh, not working the way that we hope it will because that's essential those are, those are essential learnings that inform uh, you know what our next approaches will be to whatever it is that we're working on. I think the other piece that has been really uh, important for us is that uh, you know we are rejected by over fifty venture capital firms when we went out. Um, my co-founder and I, when we were self-funding the business, and uh, this, this is with Thrive, or with, this is with Thrive, with Thrive, with Thrive Market. Okay. Yeah, we were rejected yeah. across the board, and um, you know that was a total pain in the neck. You know, we we had our big. Were you, were you generating hand. revenue at the time? No, or we're pre pre launch, pre launch. Okay. Um, you know, all the top LA, San Francisco, New York venture capitalists. But at the same time, I mean, you know, my co-founder and I both have started and sold businesses. So we weren't like just like, you know, coming You've off the You've been down this road. Yeah, yeah we've been yeah. down this road. We're not, it's not like we're, you know, newbie entrepreneurs with a big idea. Like we've, we've proven ourselves several times over. Uh, but we were rejected by all the top venture capital firms and, and like more than 50 of them. And, um, and it took many, many months of doing the roadshow and being rejected and, and obviously a total pain in the neck. But ultimately, the best thing that ever happened to us, because we ended up bringing in uh, the first eight million dollars of capital that we raised, all came from strategic influencers and thought leaders who care yeah, about health and deep, wellness. This is, this is Deepak deep, Chopra, it, Jillian Michaels, yeah. mega, mega bloggers, Dr. Mark Hyman, Brendan Burchard. Tony Robbins and these guys all came in because you know they care about this mission and they advocate to their audiences the importance of living a healthy lifestyle and they would hear from their audiences that they you know that they want to live that lifestyle but they can't afford to do it or they're not near a health food store and so they really understood the solution that Thrive Market was offering to a major problem and yeah. so the the key message that I have there on the entrepreneurial side is you know if you really believe in something, you got to stick with it. And even if yeah. you're getting a lot of no's and rejections and it's not, you know, moving the way you'd expect it to, you, you know, persistence is half the battle. 
And, you know, we're, we're a case in point, you know, we were rejected by all the top venture capital firms pre-launch. Uh, we ended up spending months going down that trail and tens of thousands of dollars. And then as a result, had to pivot the strategy and how we brought in money to launch the business and brought in $10 million from over 200 mega influencers. And then subsequently, you know, over the next couple of years, went on to raise over $160 million. So it's just a, a classic example of, you know, if we had, if we had let all of those no's get in our way, we would not be where we are today. And, and as entrepreneurs, you know, we're inherently going against the grain, trying to solve problems to solutions. And that means that people are going to be skeptical. And so we need to have the internal persistence and willpower yeah. to, to work our way through that. And it probably helped to have those initial investors, like those type of influencers you're talking about. Actually, it's probably a gift from God in a way where it's like maybe the original round of VCs because, uh, you know, this is almost similar to my story. We, we were, I was running a startup software as a service in San Francisco and our closest competitor just got bought out by Intuit. For 150 million, and we're making 90,000, 100,000 a month reoccurring, but we can't get a dime of venture capital funding. And we're we're worried one day if we're going to make our payroll. And, and thankfully, it was our customers that we went to eventually and said, "Hey, uh, we were working with doctors, and we said, hey, you know what? We're looking for angels.' And some angels stepped up, and because of them, we actually had a little bit more control about where we dictated future funding. So. I think the lesson I just got out of that, Gunnar, is is for for small business owners, for doctors, is don't give up. And, and if you're a small business owner trying to raise capital, look at alternative options. Look at your patients who yeah. are going to be your biggest influencers. So you totally did it the same similar idea, which is you went to a stakeholder that really understood the problem and, and was willing to really back you because they they saw they that believed you in could, it. Yeah. yeah, they believed. In it. And that, that's a really different model. And to your point, you know, if we had taken institutional money from venture capitalists right at the beginning, we would have yeah. lost control of the business and we would have really not been able to pursue the mission and the vision of what we were looking to achieve. Thanks for that. I, I got two more questions and I, I know you're, you're super busy. Uh, I read an article on Forbes about you talking about emotional leadership. What is emotional leadership? What does it mean to you? And, and what's your style of leadership? Because you guys have grown from employee standpoint, like uber fast. Um, so, I mean, uh, you have to have strong leadership there. What is emotional leadership to you? Uh, I'm, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure which, which article that is. Uh, I think, you know, I think, I think what it's speaking to is, uh, you know, really recognizing that as leaders, you know, the buck stops with us and our organization, the departments we run, they're all a reflection of who we are and how we hold uh, our leadership. And if there's dysfunction happening in an organization or in a department, it's a direct reflection on us as leaders. And, you know, while there may be problems with an individual employee or some of the dynamics, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're responsible for modeling positive behavior and yeah. uh, really making sure that there's uh, accountability and transparency and positivity. And, you know, I, I, I really believe that that's a truly important, you know, the only reason that anything is really successful at scale is really because the team is amazing. And yeah. that, that, you know, that really requires finding incredible people that share 
one's vision for the problem that you're trying to solve and then getting out of their way. I used yep. to be a terrible micromanager in my first businesses, terrible. And, uh, and so this, this has been just an amazing opportunity for me to grow as a leader where I, yeah. you know, I could really be part of a, an incredible team of co-founders and executives that, you know, are, are frankly better at the areas that they are focused on than I am. And, uh, you know, the, our success as a business is really dependent upon me, one, being, you know, modeling radical personal responsibility and two, getting out of their way so that they can really be successful in their areas and feel like they have authorship and, and the ability to make it their own. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, last question is uh, geared towards what you're doing that I think is one of the best, uh, not only obviously from a human element, uh, um, but also from an element of, of marketing. Reed Hoffman said that in 2000, I think he said in 2015, that the future of marketing is, is philanthropy. And you guys, what you're doing with having uh, a free membership donated for every member uh, one of the things that chiropractic doesn't do well, I believe, if you compare us to other specialties like dentistry, if you Google dentistry and see free clinics or free care Saturdays, uh, we don't even, we're not even near that. If you're in San Francisco city government and look at free medical clinics versus free chiropractic care, it's one to 170 in a seven by seven mile city. Uh, talk to me about lastly, about why it's so important from not just you know, obviously an element of caring, but also from a marketing perspective, what being charitable does for your organization. Yeah, I mean, so I think, you know, first and foremost, it can't be manufactured because there's so much greenwashing out there and consumers are really sophisticated. So if it's just being yeah. done purely as a marketing ploy, it's really not going to work well or it might work in the beginning. Against you. You're going to have, you're going to, it's going to work against you later. Uh, you know, we we care about the core mission of democratizing access to healthy food that comes from our personal experiences. You know, again, I grew up really poor with a single mom and saw how hard she worked to make healthy choices. And so I just, you know, always felt like it was crazy that food with lots of chemicals and processing costs less than food with no chemicals and processing. So that's just like the inherent experience that I have with a lot of survival trauma as a child because of scarcity of resources. Uh, and, and so, you know, our mission as a business largely comes from a very personal place, which is I've seen there. I like I was a full ride scholarship student to high schools and college and I dumpster dived for food out of the back of Whole Foods for food in college. Like I, I get all of that. And um, I think that, you know, that's a that's a very personal mandate that you know we carry and, and it, it's what's powerful about having our social mission is that it it really attracts a really high level of quality of talent in in our employees and our investors wow, yeah. and our brand partners just all the stakeholders it's like the x factor you know having a really strong social mission it attracts a different level of contribution and output from our stakeholders than we get from other other uh, that you would get in a normal business, and I think that that really speaks to the fact that you know consumers recognize in in a you know in the face of intense political dysfunction and the recognition that there's serious health problems plaguing us as a country and tremendous environmental challenges that you know the place where we have a lot of power as consumers is voting with our dollars. Yep. And and so I think that businesses 
and brands that really connect consumers to something bigger than just making money for money's sake, the, right. that's a real competitive advantage. Yeah. Dude, dude, you're, you, uh, you, you fucking rock. I, we swear it here. So it's cool. Uh, I thank you for your time, man. I'm really, I'm yeah, really thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I, I love the name. Oh yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, fun. It's, it is cool. It's cool.